Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Coifcast. I'm Ross, your host, as always. Adam, he's here too. And um, yeah, quite a bit's happened since we last spoke to you. Um, it's been nine days, I think, since our last record. Uh, and when we last spoke to you all, we were pretty convinced that Danny Ward was going to be the Casper Tigers coach. Um, quite a bit has happened So um, for the next hour or so. And hilariously, we did say before this record that this will be an hour. We're going to do it nice and tight. Um, you'll be able to just smirk to yourself now as you're listening because you'll be able to see how long this is actually going. Um, but we're going to do as best. Um, yeah, Adam. Lots of lots lots have happened in the last nine days. Absolutely tons. Um, if anybody wanted a bit of proof that we have no affiliation to the club or any inside information, um, yes, we we were pretty nailed on that we were going to be announcing Danny Ward as his coach, and since then he's gone on to turn us down. We've had a another Danny rumored and turn us down apparently as well, and we're in a bit of no man's land of who's going to be leading this Cast Tigers team into 2024. Yeah, I mean, I usually, obviously, I make the little uh, little picture, uh, which I put out on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. I usually have a pretty good idea who I'm going to put on it. I'm not sure on this one. <laughs> I mean, the listener will know before me who's going to be the, the, uh, the, cover, the cover image uh, of this podcast. Um, yeah, I'm really not sure. Really not sure. It might just be a silhouette, actually. I might just go with that. Yeah, <laughs> I might just go probably with best. Yeah, um, yeah, no man's land, maybe. Yeah, that might be where we're at. It has been a mad kind of nine days. As I said, we recorded on Wednesday last week. I think the podcast came out on Thursday. Um, yeah, we said Danny Ward more than likely going to get it. Or I think the caveat we gave was the job will probably go to someone within the within the uh, yeah. within the room already. Yeah, anyway, did. which is still possible. Um, we'll get onto that. Um, but yeah, in terms of a timeline, that was Wednesday, Saturday night. Uh, it was first reported that Danny Ward had turned down the approach. Um, still no official word from Danny on that, obviously, and from either Danny, in fact. Uh, any quotes from those two guys, but obviously, Rugby League is a very small sport and word gets around. So you can assume if that was reported, there was definitely some knowledge to it. So Ward rejected on Saturday within 24 hours. I think it was Sunday. Uh, the report started filtering through about Danny Maguire. It's one of those things... On Sunday, it was a name that was thrown around, wasn't it, after Ward rejected, but it just got louder and louder and yeah, louder on social, didn't it? Just absolutely snowballed from this little rumour that you just did, and then more and more people started mentioning it, more and more credible sources started to mention it. So mm. it weren't just a rumour that's bouncing around on the forums. It's, it's You had journos kind of putting little teasers out that obviously... Maguire will, was on his way out at OKR and then it was linked to Cass and it's and I think the initial response to some from some Cass fans was a little unsure and then they started to convince themselves more and more that it was a good idea and I think by the time he ended up turning the deal down or rumoured deal down all Cass fans were sold on the idea of having Danny Maguire as the next Cass coach mm. I, I thought we were going to get the super coaching duo of Danny Maguire and Gareth Ellis and that was going to be yeah. it we were going yeah. to win the grand final. Um, <laughs> maybe not quite, but um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, on paper, I, I think every, every cast man has talked themselves around to it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we were all there at Old Trafford. We, we, see what, we saw what he literally did to us. You know, he's, 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 he's been that guy. I mean, he ruined my childhood pretty much. Danny Maguire's got <laughs> so many tries against us and 
was just the dominant player in Super League, wasn't he? Like, as we were growing up, he was a sensational player, regardless of what we think about him. But ultimately, he is Leeds. He is a Rhinos legend. It's always going to leave a little bit of a sour taste. Um, I did make the point a few times, and I stand by it, that certainly in Rugby League, the divide between clubs, it, it's not as much as people make it out. And there's people saying that, oh, you should never cross that divide, da da the, the list of players that have gone between and, and coaches that have gone between Castle and Leeds over the years is, is endless. So it's, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world to think Danny Maguire would come. No. And no. I also don't think if he's if he has turned it down in the way it's been suggested, I don't think it's turned it down because it's Cass either, which no. is what some people are suggesting. That's definitely not the case. No, because... it's, a, it's an interesting one. I, I've heard a couple of different things. I've heard that he wanted yeah. just a 12-month deal, mm. which I believe at the point that we're at, we're not in the market to really just be giving 12 month deal to a coach. We want somebody a little bit longer term. And I've also heard that he wanted a clause in there that would have let him go to Leeds Rhinos at any point. Obviously with that being his kind of, obviously he's grown up playing for that team. He's, he's played his pretty much most of his career, apart from a couple of uh, swan song years at OKR Mm. at Leeds. His art belongs to Leeds really. Yeah. And ideally, I think that's his end goal for his coaching journey. So he obviously would want the opportunity if it arose to go there at any point. Yeah, and if that is the case, obviously that is it. Oh, well, like every rumors in this podcast, pretty much is all complete pretty, rumors, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. But um, if that is the case, then we're, we've been absolutely right in not kind of bowing to that. Hundred uh, yeah. percent. I think as we've said, we need someone here who's going to do at least a two-year contract with no clauses, ideally a three-year deal, really. And, you know, with and with that, I mean, they get a lot of, you'd like to think, commitment from the board in the sense that, you know, if the pressure comes on next year, especially, and we lose a run of games, that you are still going to have the job. There can't be this, yeah. because the worst thing we can possibly do in this situation, regardless of how many fans are calling for it, I don't care. At this point, it's a completely different situation this year. Yeah. I don't care how many fans want to protest or do whatever. If we even lose seven, eight games in a row next year, that coach has got to be in place beyond that. And it's as simple as that. We can't just continue this cycle. So, yeah, if that is the case and Danny Manx just wanted a year or a clause, then absolutely we've done the right thing in not hiring him. Um, in terms of where he actually goes, because he is leaving Hulk out. I mean, that's mm. pretty much, I think, a given, isn't it? Although it's not been yeah. announced, it's, it's pretty much settled that he is going. Um, there's probably only two jobs that kind of make sense to me, which would be both assistant jobs, leads, as we said, <laughs> They've done it before. They've done it before where they bring someone in as assistant and it's like, hmm, you better not put a foot wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Man in charge. A uh, hell of a lot of pressure on Rowan Smith if that's what happens. Uh, the other one would be Hull FC, I would imagine, because reuniting with Tony Smith would make some sense, uh, I guess. But, I mean, obviously, I don't know what's happened, but it's a bit weird, the whole KR situation, isn't it? Really weird. A little bit tricky to kind of put your finger on. Um, obviously, Danny, Danny Maguire was in place under Tony Smith. Willie Peters has then come in and Danny's kind of continued, whether or not there's a little bit of ill will about mm. how Danny thought moving on from Tony would have gone, whether the clubs maybe promised him the job, the head coaching job after Tony. Mm, maybe so. And kind of gone out and got Willie Peters almost, I don't want to say behind his back, but we know how some of these deals go down in rugby league. It, it very well might have been. So it's it's a little bit tricky, but there's clearly been a falling out and it looks like Danny Maguire is the one that's kind of leaving. Yeah, it kind of feels like maybe they've kind of kept Danny, Danny in post when 
Willie Peters came in because he, he provided that kind of continuity, didn't he? He provided that bridge between the two coaches. Yeah. And now, now I mean, as we as we record this, they're still in the playoffs. I mean, they're playing tomorrow. Uh, they've got an opportunity. They're 80 minutes away from a grand final. They're clearly in a good spot. Probably don't need that bridge anymore. <laughs> it's an element of thinking as well, you know, and it's, it's harsh on Maguire, but you probably don't need that continuity. It's very much Peter's team now. Um I asked the question, I don't know if I answer from it uh, when I asked who I asked, but I think Sean Kenny Dowell's staying involved as well after retiring. I think that's the case. Maybe I've read that. Maybe I've read that wrong. I don't know. Uh, but I felt like Sean, Sean Kenny Dowell's potentially staying on in the coaching department as well, Hull uh, KR, after, after he retires this year. So, again, that would make sense because there's only so many spots. And I know they've got, uh, I think Delaney's there, isn't he? I think David Hodgson's still there. So, it's quite a crowded coaching room anyway. So, yeah, something's happened anyway. Uh, in terms of Maguire leaving Hull KR. From our perspective, I'm interested because we haven't. It, it, I made a bit of a, a bit of a fuss yesterday in terms of how much kind of gets leaked from the club and how much information is out there and such. It is frustrating that we release so many kind of headlines, but yeah. there's very little detail to those headlines. To be fair, and the thing with the Maguire thing is, we know we've approached and we know that he's been a definite candidate. Yeah, that's all we know really, and we can all make his assumptions. But there's one way of thinking it where we've gone absolutely all guns blazing for Danny Maguire and he's been on the list from day one and we've made a real approach and therefore now we've got real egg on his face because he's turned us down. That's one way to look at it. The other way of looking at it is we've just heard a rumour that Hull KR are getting rid and gone, oh, let's just ask the question. <laughs> because he wouldn't be a bad option. So, it, And then it could be as simple as straightforward as that. We've had a quick chat with him. He's gone, yeah, yeah, but I can only do it for a year. We've gone, all right, see you later. Yeah. Might that have been feel, as that, simple that feels as that. a lot better, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, from from our standpoint, yeah. If we've only only kind of kicked the tires, sort of thing, and yeah. just put the question to him of, what do you reckon? And he's gone, well, I can do it on a twelve year, twelve month deal, or I want a clause that says I can go to Leeds, sort of thing. Yeah, and we've gone, probably not now. And he's then gone, well, I'll leave it then. Yeah, if it's as simple as that, I'm, I'm a, happy with it. That, that, but I, I, I think we maybe have had further conversations with him, maybe a bit stronger than that. Um, I think it was said as well, though, that although the initial um, report came out on Sunday, that I don't think, I'm sure, I think it was James O'Brien who said that we'd not actually spoken to him, or in person at the very least, until at least kind of Tuesday. Um, so I think that, there may have only been one meeting. There may have only been one meeting between him and the club, if that. Um, so maybe it wasn't quite as far along as, well, we don't know. That's the thing. It's all kind of hearsay and it's, it's easy, especially when we're in a situation where it looks like we're in no man's land and yeah. we don't have a coach. So clearly as fans, we're kind of scrambling around just want answers. So it's very difficult. It's very easy to go kind of DEFCON, DEFCON 1 and all this yeah. stuff in it. But until we know, we don't know. Um, so yeah, that's the Maguire situation. Let's just run through um, kind of the names we've known about some names that are kind of still in the running for it. Yeah. Um, because we probably need one in, in the door in the next week, I would say. I don't want to leave it any more than the next week. Oh. Um, we are four weeks away, I believe, from pre-season, which sounds crazy because the season's not even finished yet. Yeah. But it, it turns around pretty quick. And obviously, uh, we do have a few players on international duty, actually, which we'll talk about later on. Um, but a lot of young lads as well who are probably quite eager to come back in as quick as they can in November. Um so it's a quick turnaround. We need it done this week, really. <laughs> Let's start with Danny Ward then. Um, money, do we think? That's got to be 
we we spoke just before we started recording. We were trying to ponder a, a reason of why he would have said no. Clearly, towards the back of the season, unless Danny Ward's been sat in press conferences lying to us, he mm. very much wanted the job, kept telling us he wanted the job. So it has to be something along the lines of maybe just there's a, there's got to be a number disparity there. Danny Ward clearly wants X and we've gone back and said, mm, maybe not, just we can offer you Y, whatever it is. Mm. How far away that number is, those two numbers are, We obviously we don't know. Yeah, If it's close, there's potentially could maybe reopen discussions. If that's if that's the sticking point, then yeah, uh, I can't see why not. If money, then it depends how sort of disgruntled he's ended up being. Mm. Um, if, that, I mean, if, if if we've gone in and lowballed, yeah, horrendously, Majorly. then, you, then you, you can you can cut ties, can't you? you yeah, can absolutely, there for sure. But um, again, we, we don't. I don't know whether even to say it because I've got no idea whether that's true. Uh, no one's got any idea if it's true. No one other than Danny Ward and the club have got any idea whether yeah. that's true. Uh, so there's no point kind of floating that around, I don't think. But and also, I don't know what a Super League coach is on. No, <laughs> from an average point of view, I was thinking. Couldn't like, guess. And I imagine there's a fair disparity between that as well. I mean, also like Matty Pete, for example, has just signed a new deal. Uh, Wigan, a big four-year deal. The money he'll be on compared to what Mark Applegarth was on at Wakefield this year, I imagine is considerable. You'd expect It'll it to be. be. Yeah, that's that's a fair spectrum of of salaries, isn't it, across the league. So I don't even know what the average would be. Um, so in terms of actually speculating on the price, I, I haven't got a clue. But I, I do think it probably is the sticking point. Um, it's got to be. In terms of war, the other things that were thrown around was obviously moving his family up from the south. Um, but there's only so many considerations. There's that. There's whether he wanted the job. And he literally said he did. Yeah. <laughs> because I, we, we all saw the press conference after Leeds, even after yeah. getting top 46-0 at Headingley. The lowest ebb for many cast fans. He basically said he wanted the job and he wanted to open conversations the week after. So that's out of the consideration. He said many, many times in the press conference before that that he wanted a Super League gig and he was excited to be back in Super League, etc. Which I think completely takes away the the, the moving the family thing because yeah. I think I said in the previous podcast. Well, if he's just after a Super League gig and it doesn't matter, kind of which Super League gig it is. Castleford as close to London as any of them, <laughs> really. So like I, I said, there's no super regardless, isn't it? There's no super league gig in London at this moment in time. No, no. And so, I guess that there could be, <laughs> but I mean, it's very, very unlikely. Isn't yeah, it? very unlikely. Obviously, London are still in the uh, hunt for promotion. Yeah, uh, you, you'd we'll imagine Fairville probably put pay to that this weekend. Um, imagine if we got that right. I think we did say that like three episodes. Yeah. Imagine we just announced him on Monday after Feather beat London in the, in the playoffs. He's just been holding on, just just in case the Broncos come up. But uh, yeah, despite them, I think they smashed Sheffield, didn't they? But I, I yeah. beating Feb, I think it's a Feb to lose final all day long. Um, so yeah, the, the the relocation thing doesn't really add up to me. So yeah, I I think it's just a money thing. And as you say, if it's a money thing and it's not ridiculous. It could be revisited potentially. It could be revisited. And maybe maybe he's not completely out of that reckoning. Um, Maguire, I would say, is out of the reckoning now. I I'd would say, say that's gone. Yeah, yeah, I think it has to be uh, in order for that report to come out. I, I think it. 
I think it has to be. Um, I will say, by the way, I do feel a little bit sorry for OKR this week because they've just had their grand final week, well, their, sorry, their semi-final week kind of taken over by this, haven't they? Yeah, it's been a bit of an interesting one. I suppose you can either say that it's, it's it'll either be a, a welcome distraction because obviously not as many people will be looking at sort of on-field performances, not really putting pressure on any players. All sort of conversations have been about Danny Maguire. Yeah, yeah, true. It could be both ways. Could be both I ways. mean, they could have very much released this story themselves to kind of do that. Some clubs play some funny games when it comes down to playoff rugby. Especially if they thought it would come out by other means and with a slightly different spin because <laughs> we don't know what's happened. Um, and there was reports that it was actually last week he left, and which is, which is odd because that report came out and he definitely was at the game when they played on yeah. Friday. So... Again, a lot of contrasting things, but the interesting thing with the Maguire thing is usually when it's someone hiring a coach, it comes from that club. A lot of this has come from Hulkart themselves yeah. and Hulkart's fans. Uh, they caught wind of it before anyone else. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting one, Maguire, and it's been a bit of a weird four-day saga, I guess, but I think we can put pay to that. Um, the name that is probably going to be talked about, well, the only other available name really to a lot of fans at the moment is Craig Lingard, obviously. Yeah. Um, as we discussed on the pod last week, this is one where we still might get it right. Because we did say potentially the head coaches within the building. Yeah. Um, you know, hats in the ring. It, it makes sense to a certain degree, doesn't it? It, it? it certainly does make sense. I think in terms of the approach the club are wanting to take. Um, you know, if you want a, if you want any kind of coach in the British game who's proven himself with kind of limited resources and limited funds, uh, if that's the way we're going with the salary cap and stuff like that, Craig Lingard, mm-hmm. I mean, look no further. Um, he's done incredible things with 200 grand at Batley uh, over the last two or three years. Um, pound for pound, he's all the way up there. Yeah, Certainly not a bad option. Certainly not a bad option, Craig Lingard. I think if he ends up being being the head coach, I think if he's announced in the next couple of weeks, um, I'll ultimately be happy with it and I'll give him every, every single chance. I think yeah. every fan should give him every single chance. He's not really put a foot wrong yet uh, in his assistant role. And I think you know there's a few players in there as well and players we're going to talk about shortly and Josh Hodgson and and Luke Hooley, who clearly he's had a say in bringing in as well. Um, the thing with Craig, he's going to be in the club regardless, I think. Unless yeah. someone comes in and ousts him and really doesn't want him there, he's going to be assistant anyway. And I think that's good. Ultimately. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Gutfield, do, do you think he gets it right now? I don't know. And I'm really... I think this is the point that a lot of cast fans are at, at the moment is... Yeah. We don't know what's going on. Mm. We know something's going on because there will be. Naturally, the 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 board of directors, Danny Wilson, whoever is making this appointment, yeah, are working hard to find a new the next coach. They're mm. not going to be sat twiddling the thumbs waiting for some pieces to fall into the lap. They'll be actively out there searching. Well, we know they are. Elson Maguire, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What we know is Craig Lingard's the most senior coach with a contract at the club at the moment yeah that's that's we can say that for a definite he's got he signed a two and a half year deal to come in as uh, Andy Last's assistant in the middle of the season obviously when Andy Last got appointed hmm. that's still valid because obviously we, we've stayed up no contracts really got changed so that's still valid at the moment would it be the worst option absolutely not no absolutely no shadow of a doubt would that be the worst option Craig Lingard as you've just said, has done an incredible job at Batley, 
has many years of head coach experience. Yes, in a part-time environment, but he has been a head coach. Mm. Whereas, obviously, we, we speak around the experience that Andy last had. Yes, he'd been in some prestigious clubs and worked under some great coaches, but it never been a, a full Super League head coach or a full championship head coach, for that matter of a fact. Yeah. Whereas Lingard's had that experience. He knows what it's like to gear team up. He, I mean, he took Batley last year to championship grand final, beat Fev in, semi, in the semi-final. And one of the things we've said, I mean, with all respect to Andy Lass, and for the record, I hope he does well at Catalans. And yeah, absolutely. Wishing, um, wishing him well. I, I wish him the best, although obviously it didn't work at Cass. And one of the big things, again, which probably does come down to experience, as you say, is the fact he's not been in that environment and he really struggled to get motivation and effort yeah. out of players, didn't he? I yeah. think that's, that's obvious and that's just it's one of the things. He, he just he just couldn't quite inspire that. With Craig Lingard, as you say, he's been at Batley in a part-time environment. He's managed to get absolute massive so much. effort and determination out of lads who were doing the 9-5 through the week. Yeah. And managed to pull them through. I mean, I say the playoff, the fact they got to a playoff uh, final incredible. last year is insane. And that, that win, I watched them playing against Feverson last year. No right to win that game. No. Absolutely no. It was pure effort, pure determination. And don't get me wrong, the first from shapes at teams as well. And he's, he's not a bad coach from the, the X's and O's no. by any means, but he, he, he's clearly a leader of men uh, and can get them going. So from that perspective, uh, look, I, I'm, I would not be disappointed in the slightest no. uh, if Lingard gets the job. I think if he'd been announced in May <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, and, Andy Lass, and Andy Lass was making way after a few games or he just got the job full, full um straight up, I think the majority of people will be happy with it. Um, yeah. yeah, I think most of the people who are kind of res- have reservations about it now were the people who were happy about it back then. Yeah. Um, it does make an awful lot of sense, uh, I think. And I, I do wonder whether the re- I mean, it's due diligence to go external first. I, I think it yeah. is. you've got to see what's about. And there's probably the feeling that, you know, Craig to be there as an assistant anyway. Is it better to have kind of two brains rather than one uh, mm-hmm. in that situation? If there is someone else out there who can inspire uh, and bring something new to the table. Do you want them there alongside Craig Lingard? I don't mind that approach, and that's probably why we're looking elsewhere. But if it is ultimately Craig who gets the job, uh, I'm all for it. As I say, I think uh, I've, I've had the pleasure of speaking to him a couple of times through start messages on Twitter and stuff like that, and it says all the right things. It says all the right things from what I'd want in a cast coach. I think he gets it. Uh, yeah, I know it that's does. really kind of cliche but you know he's been at a club like Batley and I know where a step up from that but it's a very similar kind of environment really and kind of community club all that knows the ins and outs of it um, and I think it, yeah it'd be incredibly hard working he'd do a good job uh, I think he's going to come on the podcast as well in the next few months which is really exciting fingers uh, crossed it'd be good yeah, yeah, but if we're, um, if we're all walking around barefoot with bucket hats on come February I won't be mad maybe August eh yeah. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure Craig will say himself he'll probably be barefoot in February still as well. I, I wouldn't. I'd be shocked to see it, but fair play to him. Uh, if it if it results in wins, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, so yeah, I think you'd probably regard him as front runner at this point, or at least one of the front runners. He's certainly a name in consideration. Definitely, but he's up let, there. Yes, but as I say, due diligence external. They're still looking externally. They have to be else. Lingard will probably be head coach now. So, therefore, we have to assume that they are looking at others. So, names. And this way it's hard, isn't it? It's way it gets really it's tough. We've, 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 we've sort of tried to throw some names yeah. around. And the thing is, after the Maguire stuff came out, came and went, any other name 
of potential coaches seem to have just disappeared. I haven't really seen anybody mentioned no. since Maguire. At this point in time, I've not seen one name outside of what we've said already no. uh, mentioned on, on social media today. For example, well, sorry, I have seen one. <laughs> that was just someone on the tw- on the Facebook forum literally 20 minutes ago saying Dennis Betts is having an interview. But yeah. I mean, with respect to that person on Facebook, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you've got the information from. I don't know if you're just saying it. So Dennis Betts. I mean, not for me, but... Not for me either, to be fair. You you made the point earlier, um, just to me. If he were good enough, would he not be in Super League already? He's Having had a long had... time out of the top flight, hasn't he? He has, he has. And he's he's battered around sort of a couple of different clubs and it's not really stuck. So uh, there's something, for me, not right there. I think he's one of them play. He's one of them coaches that would probably... Yeah. He'll get that kind of iron fist approach, correct? Like, I, I, no one's going to be messing with him no. <laughs> in, in the changing room, that's for sure. And I don't think anyone's going to be offering him out. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's a tough bloke and obviously was part of a very, very successful Wigan team and has had a little bit of success um, in the coaching arena, I guess. But yeah, the, the fact he's been out of the league for so long and he's been, he, he wasn't Newcastle, was he? He's still yeah. around Newcastle. Um, I, I believe he's left, I'm, I want to say. Not sure of his situation. Not 100% awesome. sure. Had stints at Witness, obviously, and a few yeah. other clubs. But, yeah, the fact he's not been involved in the top flight for so long would give me reservations over that one. Um, not really renowned for a particularly attacking style of rugby. You know, very Wigan approach, really, which, don't get me wrong, gets get success. But you need the players for that. And we probably, Absolutely. with the way we've signed, and obviously we're going to discuss the signings in a bit, doesn't feel like that's the way we're going to go, um, to be honest. So maybe it's Dennis Betts, and if, if it is, we'll, we'll, you know, uh, wish him well. We'll wish him well, and hopefully successful. And we're getting the, you know, we'll, we'll get the songs going three weeks in if we've got a couple of wins under his belt. But doesn't feel like the right move for us. Or doesn't feel like a move we'd make. Um, so in terms of other names, there there is one name you've heard, isn't it? Or not, kind of heard, I suppose. One that kind of makes some kind of sense, I guess. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know how trusted the sources are. Kind of. Yeah, this is, exclusive, this right? is not exclusive. This is not exclusive in any way, sense. Before oh. this ends up on one of those websites, and you yeah. know ones, <laughs> this is no, this is not an exclusive. This is just a name we've C- just around. Certain journalists have just that peaked to their interest right now. Suddenly they're they're, the all, they're, they're all tuned in. Are you ready, fellas? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this will be the benchmark for it. How much you're listening to the podcast? Yeah. If it ends up in an article tomorrow. I give up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I give up. But yeah, so looking sort of externally, looking at options, looking at potential people to come in, whether or not they're going to look overseas, look domestic. There's very few options kind of battering around, but there's a name I've sort of heard, and it's the name of Matt Church. Now, I'll save you all a bit of a moment as soon as you head to Google right now, trying to figure out who he is. So currently he's the Brisbane Tigers coach. Uh, who play in the Queensland Cup. They are the Melbourne Storms affiliate in the Queensland Cup. They've actually just won that competition. Um, I think they finished third in the league and then went on to win the grand final. Um, So he's been coaching there for this season, previously at PNG Hunters for a couple of years. That Brisbane Tigers team has consisted of players like, I mean, Corey Thompson, who people might remember at Witness. He was their fullback. 
Joe Chan, who's obviously moved over from Catalans to Melbourne this year. He played a big part in that team. Um, and a few players that some NRL fans might recognise. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of got a bit more of a pedigree than some of the names we've maybe been tossing around in, in, in and around um, the domestic game. So I think he could be a a, a, a good appointment. Um, I don't know yeah. what you think. Yeah, he's at least, in terms of that kind of ilk, in terms of that kind of competition, for one thing. I mean, it's certainly a competition we've looked at in terms of players, isn't it? Definitely. Um, the, the, the state comps, I mean, you know, if, we, if we're looking at players then, like I say, we're going to talk about signings in a sec. I think we've signed four players from that competition. Yeah. Um, and obviously we've got a few on the books already from last year. So mm-hmm. we've clearly got eyes on it. Um, so it would make sense with a to kind of phrase from you, kick, uh, kick some tires mm. over there in terms of coaches. Obviously, you know, I think if you're at a certain age, I think I think you said before the party's was he, uh, late fifties, fifty seven. Late fifties, fifty seven, I believe it says. This yeah. is only coming from Wikipedia, so take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, there's, it's a very <laughs> it's a very loose Wikipedia page. <laughs> I, will, I will admit that. Um, but we do have his record in this year. We they played well for business times. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, for a coach to be coaching at that level as well, there's a there's an element got, of like got to be talented. Yeah, they've got to have a certain level of talent. It is the just the, the tier below NRL, obviously, and there's also you know to be his age as well and like coaching in that comp. Is he doing it just for fun or is he using that as a leap pad? You'd hope it'd be a leap pad, surely. Yeah. Uh, the the aim in sport is to is to go up, and if you can't go directly to NRL, then NRL via Super League is probably the route. And look at Justin Holbrook, look at Christian Wolf, look at X amount of uh, coaches yeah. over the years. Michael Maguire. Michael Maguire. You know, there's, there's tons, or at least that have come over and then gone back and got assistant roles, or mm. I've actually started over here and got assistant roles with Richard Agar, countless, countless Justin Morgan, countless assistants uh, in the NRL have played, have played the trade in Super League, and there's, there's a route there. Um, so whether it's Matt Church or not, that we're looking at or potentially I've looked at, it wouldn't surprise me if the Queensland Cup or the New South Wales Cup is it is somewhere where, where we are where we are looking. Um, it, it's akin to an NRL assistant in a sense, yeah. really, isn't it? Because that's the other route. There are some NRL assistants with with some name value. I mentioned Justin Morgan there. I, he was obviously linked with a job back in April. I don't yeah. think he will now purely because he got a new gig. I forget which club it was, but he has changed jobs and he is about to start a new job in the NRL. So for that reason, it's probably quite unlikely. Probably the dream one, really, in terms of the NRL assistant, I would say, will be Lee Brace. <laughs> I think at this point, after what he's managed to do with Brisbane. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing achievement. Obviously, he did a great job at Wigan as well uh, when he was assistant to um, to Matty Pete there. Um, but I, I can't see. I can't see Brace leaving. Uh, leaving Oz for a few years yet, and if he does, it'd be for a, a major, major job over here. I imagine it'd be a top four gig. Yeah. Um, so I can't see Breeze being an opportunity. Um, any other assistants kicking around who, who would be possible? Off top of your head? Off top of my head, there's one that's just left St. George um, that has been sort of in the interim in charge of that team, which is obviously a, a name that we've brought up many a time on this pod. He's a Ryan Carr. Obviously, formerly of Featherstone. I can probably do an hour talking about how much I respect and rate Ryan Carr. Um, Obviously, he's unemployed, I believe, at the moment, having um, been ousted at St. George. 
whether there's a desire for him to come back over or whether or not he's got a couple of irons in the fire over in Oz to potentially take up another assistant gig over there. I don't know. Um, but I feel like he'd be a, a great addition and a great coach to take this team forward in what we're trying to do. He's still quite a young coach as well. So he'd fit perfectly in what we're trying to do. Yeah, and obviously someone who's been willing to come over and coach the championship Before, previously yeah. just to kind of boost his reputation and kind of, you know, he's clearly got some ambition there, big-time mm-hmm. ambition. Also came over with France for the World Cup. Did. Um, so he's, he's no no stranger to coming over to the UK either. Um, that would be one of my m- most preferred options. Preferred, yeah. I, I think, you know, I say I'm, I'm more than happy with Lingard. I would have been happy if I had on Maguire. Um, I, I'd put Carr in that category for sure. Uh, I think he'd well, probably even, maybe even slightly above that category, to be honest. I think he'd be an excellent signing uh, as coach and he's one that would get, get us excited, that's for sure. Um, the fact he was, regardless of how St. George did in the NRL, he was given a really tough deal when he came in his interim. It's, it's, I mean, you think it's tough in Super League, it's terrible in the NRL when you have to come in in that situation. I think he got a win his first couple of weeks, didn't he? Or maybe yeah, in his first game. I think second week, something like that. Managed to pull out some wins where they had no right to. It wasn't a good team, St. George, this year. But again, it's one of those situations where the squad wasn't good enough. It's not so necessarily on him. Managed to get something out of nothing uh, at the Dragons. And like I say, he, he was excellent at Featherston. Um, everyone, including yourself, speaks very, very highly of him. Uh, I'm good mates for players there at the time. Says he's yeah. been the best coach he's had. Um, really gets, gets gets in amongst the boys and it's it, it just excellent uh, across the board. So, yeah, Ryan Carr is someone I'd be... I'd be all over really if he was interested in it. If we've um, if we've asked the question over there, be, you never know, dear. Uh, you never know. Unless we are literally just throwing names around at this point, so um, I can see it now. I, I can see the top five candidates to replace <laughs> to replace Danny Ward. It's just gonna be the five names we've said. <laughs> There's some journalists that will pull it out. I'm sure. Hope they do. Hope they do. I'm going to say tag the podcast. Um, tag us both on Twitter. We'll take, a, we'll take a cut of the uh, ad revenue as well. Mike, you're not getting many pints out of that. Three pennies, but uh, hey, if it's pocket money, it's pocket money. <laughs> yeah, it'll do. It'll do. <laughs> um, so yeah, that'll, that'll wrap up coaching chat, I think, for now, because we're throwing shit at the wall. Let's be Basically. honest, uh, at this point, it is tough. We don't know. Um, hopefully, by the next time we have an episode uh, we'll have a much better idea it'd be nice to be sat here next Thursday or Friday knowing <laughs> it hopefully really it really will because as I say it's four weeks four weeks now till pre-season so we really do need to get someone get someone in position um, before we move on to the players then because there's been a ton of announcements over the last week or so um, I forgot to do this last week so I'm just going to get it in real quick um, bit of a random one, and I feel a bit weird doing it because I'm in we're, we're not celebrities, we're just a podcast. But um, Craig Tucker um asked us to do a shout out to his son Zach, who's uh playing for Milford under eights at the minute, he's just seven years old, absolutely smashing it by all counts. And um, they listen to the podcast on the way to games, which is amazing. Oh, nice, <laughs> I absolutely love that little father son thing. Um, so you might listen to this, hope you are, hope you're enjoying the pod so far, plenty more to go. Um, but yeah, keep smashing it, Zach. Um, that's, that's fast, I'm sure you're gonna be a tiger. One, one day or another. Sure, surely. Sure. Get him in the scholarship now. If Danny right. wants to listen in, get him a contract. Get him, get him signed him. on. <laughs> get him in that scholarship. 20-year deal. Um, cheers for that. Uh, yeah, cheers for listening, as always, for everyone. Um, let's go on to announcements then. Plenty of them. We'll start Buns. with... Retentions? Absolutely, start. let's start there. 
chronologically. So let's go Joe Westman, first and foremost. It was the first announcement. Yeah. Uh, we got to Thursday, I think, <laughs> before we had an announcement, and it was getting a bit, oh, what's going on? Panicky. Um, <laughs> but we did get Westy finally at six o'clock, I think it was last Thursday, uh, a two-year extension uh, for the loose forward, which almost certainly takes him to the end of his career now. Mm. Uh, I think that extra two years, um, the biggest no-brainer of the lot, isn't it? He's been his player at year for the last two seasons. Do we need to really say more? He's been absolutely put the perfect player on the field since he's come back. He's led us around the round the field. Obviously, we're captain for most of the back end of the season. Or at least looked like it was leading the team out. No official announcement, but looks like it. Absolute no-brainer to keep him on and give him that two-year deal and let him end his career at Cast, a club that he very clearly loves. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, he'll be vice-captain at minimum. Next year, yeah. I, I would imagine, with respect to Alex Mallow, I'm sure it'd be Westy. I mean, he was a century captain for the rest of the year anyway. Uh, when Macca went down, I think Macca will still be captain, but uh, Westman will get. Well, I don't even know. I don't even know for sure. Macca might even give it to Westy himself. Who knows? Uh, but either, either way, having those kind of two leaders there uh, is going to be massive because obviously, again, that word age profile, but we are getting a hell of a lot younger yeah. across the board this season. So you do need that experience. I saw a couple of comments going. All this talk about getting younger in the first announcements of you know, 33, 34 year olds, but yeah, they can't all be young. No, <laughs> they can't all be young. And let's be honest, we've been moaning quite rightly if we got rid of as uh, as best player of the last couple of years. So, yeah, West is an absolute no brainer. Um, the performances he's managed to put on the field this year after what happened at the start, we've said before, is pretty remarkable to be honest. Um, you know, the fact he ran out at Hull was. Was, yeah. it a mistake? was it a mistake? Maybe it might have been a mistake. And I think when he didn't run out week two against Saints, I think we kind of feared the worst a little bit. Um, but from there, it was right. phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. And um, yeah, we, I mean, I don't think we missed a player as much as him when he wasn't in the middle this year. Uh, when he was at 13 and we actually could use him for his tackling and his metres. Just a completely different team. Uh, as much as he did a job at six and you know, he put he stuck his hand up and he does a job at halfback and putting kicks inside the first 10 minutes, it's pretty insane. But um, the go forward we lacked in the middle uh, when yeah. he went into playing at half was massive, weren't it? Yeah, he's been great. Yeah. These past two years, it's it's been great to see him come back to Cass, obviously where he started his career, made his, or his professional career at least, and he's made a real impact. He's not shown really any signs of slowing down. Um, which is great. So, yeah, great to have him on board for another two years. Yeah, 100%. And he'll be able to retire with Tig, which I think he said yeah. he's always always planned to do. Um, Liam Watts was next. Um, we, we figured this would happen. We've been a, to and froing, really, haven't we, all year mm. uh, in terms of Wattsy. Um The deal was interesting because it's, it's a year with an option. Uh, two years was thrown around, and that was the rumour kind of in the week leading up that he'd signed a two-year deal. He's been offered a two-year deal. I guess he kind of has, but there is a caveat. Um, so it's a year with an option. I think it said it's dependent on minutes played as well, which is smart based on how many minutes Liam tends to play, <laughs> if we're being honest. Don't I get mean, banned. <laughs> if he's honest with himself, yeah. But um, I'm glad he's sticking around. Uh, again, that leadership quality. We're getting younger in the forwards. Um, it's going to be a very different forward pack, I think, this year. It needs to be as well. But having that little bit of continuity and someone who knows what it means to play for the badge and 
on his day, he's still very good. Um, the days might be a little few and far between as he's, his body's breaking down and he's getting a little bit older, don't get me wrong. But hopefully, if kind of the signings we get onto can kind of really play that part and play the minutes we hope they can, we can kind of spell Watsy a little bit more and kind of use him in better situations rather than kind of having to rely on him to do... I mean, he did like hour-long stints. Well, not hour-long, but yeah, I guess he did hour-long stints uh, at times this season. You don't really want him doing that. It's no good for him to be doing that. She loses impact. Mm. If we can kind of pick and choose where we throw Watsy in for 10, 15 minutes and let him absolutely batter people for them, that's what he, that's what he should be doing at this point in his career, isn't it? So um, I'm happy Watsy's coming around. And I think all the statement was about bringing these kids through, wasn't it? Yeah, and you nailed it on Ed. He has played some unbelievable games. Leeds at home is one that sticks out to me. I thought that would... Yeah. And it kind of came at a point in the season where he'd been banned a couple of times, had a couple of negative kind of comments bouncing around. And he came out and put an absolute, probably his best performance at year in and showed everybody that he can still go and he's still got that ability. Um, he's just going to be the perfect sort of mentor as you say, to bring these young lads through, let help these new overseas players settle into Super League and really just be that rock in the middle. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. I think it's a smart move. And um, I, I think it's for considerably less money as well. Uh, You'd expect. Kind of the feeling knocking around, which is, yeah, because there was talk of kind of taking him taking a part time deal in the championship or something like that. So presumably the money is is a fair bit less than what he was on. Um, that's just has to be, doesn't it? That's the way the squad's going. Uh, we can't throw the money he was probably on at him at this stage of his career. And fair play to him for accepting that. Uh, I think that says a lot about him that he's he's accepted that deal. To be fair, um, so credit Watsy and um, yeah, hopefully he has a big year. Uh, hopefully he's got a really big year for us um, to bring these lads through. Signings then, signings then, the exciting bit, really yeah. exciting. Exciting bit. New signings. Um, we knew about all of them. <laughs> <laughs> we've, known about, we've known about them for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, episode two in June, we mentioned a few of them. Um, I think uh, there might be one person that, or two, sorry, two people that is on this list that we've announced so far that we didn't mention in episode two. Uh, yeah. Pooley <laughs> and Elzata. Yeah, That's the only two. Yeah. I think they're the only two. It's such as that such as rugby league at the moment. I mean, we knew about Gareth Wood up about six months before he signed last year, yeah. didn't we? It's just it's just one of those things. Um, as Danny Wilson alluded to in our interview, it's you know it's all done in kind of May June time. Yeah. Um, it's all wrapped up by then. A lot of it's obviously didn't get out. Um, doesn't help that Liam Horn goes on a podcast and then released <laughs> real yeah. the real stuff. Yeah, analysis as well. I'm sure he got a <laughs> on the rest of that one. Um, probably quite rightly as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, fair play to him. He was excited, so that's good. Um, they, they must be all right because he knows about them. Um, so yeah, Nixon put first and foremost. Um, big shout out to Nixon. I mean, he's not playing for cash yet, but we are claiming him as an international because yep. PNG had Castle Tigers next to his name uh, when they announced the squad uh, yesterday morning. Um, yeah, an international player. Uh, yeah, and he's he's played multiple internationals. Obviously, we're over with PNG in the World Cup. Looks like a big, strong back rower. Yeah. You do, I mean, you look at his highlights from his Queensland Cup stuff and looks dynamic, big, physical. And my God, has he got an offload on him? <laughs> yeah. He looks tough to stop. And then even yeah. when you do stop him, he gets the ball out, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's, how it seems to, that's how it seems to go. Is it, is it 80 offloads in the, uh, in, in, in the season? Like pretty much double uh, everyone else in the league. Yeah. 
Um, you probably don't Excited. want throwing quite. You don't probably don't want him throwing quite as many. No, no. <laughs> because I imagine a few of those go to ground. Don't get me wrong. We, we yeah, probably the one, they probably saw the ones that hit home, but <laughs> um, that's that outcome coaching. That outcome coaching in the system and whoever the coach is uh, will obviously have their say on that. But the fact he's got the ability to do so, it, it is it's huge. You know, like I say, the highlights are pretty exciting. He's physical, very dynamic, as you say. Um, not even the tallest actually. I thought he was gonna be a little bit taller. He's not actually that tall. He's just no. I say dynamic, I think is that word. Yeah. And he's gonna be tough to stop. Um, yeah, probably the most probably the most high, high profile one, I guess. Um none of them are particularly high profile, I think we'd say, but we knew yeah. that. But I think Nixon being, as I say, a PNG international and having a little bit of rep out of the World Cup and uh, played the amount of games he has had in the Queens Cup as well, he's got a fair bit of experience. I think he's 26, 27 as well, so he's not completely, you know, he's not 19. Um, so he's got a fair bit of experience behind him. Um, interestingly, did play for the PNG Hunters who were coached by Matt Church. Um, so whether that's a little, I don't know, little snippet for you there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about Nixon Putt and just a like-for-like like replacement with Kenny Edwards, I think, in the back row, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and I've seen a lot of reports when we kind of initially announced, well, initially almost heard the rumours of Nixon Putt coming in looking around sort of the internet and stuff, there's a lot of people that are shocked he's never played NRL. Yeah. Absolutely. Some of them absolutely flabbergasted because of how talented he's been in that Queensland Cup and how great he's performed. So I think hearing those rumours that are quite welcomed for us, yeah. obviously if people are saying he is NRL quality, we'll take that every day of the week. Yeah, I did say someone, I read someone, it was a few months ago now, but I did read someone literally say he's probably the best player to have not played, Yeah, uh, which is testament to him. Big uh, I, I don't I don't know who the feeder club is. Uh, he, plays, he played for the Capras, didn't he? I, I'm not sure who their feeder team is, so it might just be, or who they're the feeder team to. So it might just be that they've got an extremely strong back row and he's just not been able to get yeah. in. That might, that might be which what it is. fair enough. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting stuff. And as I say, he's, he's going to offer a little bit more than than Kenny Edwards did this year. Uh, all the stats kind of stack up positively, really, for, for Nixon. So that's an exciting one. Um, next up, chronologically, was Ellie Elzakam, who, again, was one we heard about uh, a little bit more recently. We didn't hear him yeah. back in June, but it was a name that had been flowed around a little bit. Uh, Lebanese international, played in the World Cup. Um, there's a theme because that's how we get them over. <laughs> you can't do that, as Danny Wilson said in the pod. You can't really get these players over unless they've played X amount of international games, yeah, or X amount of NRL games. And obviously, we're not probably not fishing in that pool at the moment. Um, so players uh, that were knocking around the World Cup last year are really kind of what we can aim at. Um, he's a big boy. Oh, he <laughs> he's looks. a big boy, Elias Ockham. Yeah, and he's obviously played. For Lebanon in the back row with Mr. Tassipale, who is already at the club, so yeah. he's got he's got a mate at least. So hopefully Tassipale is making him feel welcome. Well, when he comes over, he'll be making him feel welcome. Um, but he's another one that looks exciting, looks big bodied. Obviously, has played some time in the front row as well as the back row. Mm. Um, so wouldn't be shocked to see him line up there at points in this season, which sort of helps us out with the big question marks that certain people have of, do we need some more front rowers? Elias Elzakam could solve that problem a little bit as well. But it's another one that 
I think we really should be quite excited about and be looking forward to seeing on the field. Yeah. Get a full pre-season in with him in that full-time environment. I think he'll only be better for it. I think so. I think so. I will play devil's advocate a little bit and I, I agree with what you're saying, but I think a lot of the fear in terms of the front row does come into the fact that, I mean, historically in the last few years, we've had kind of these prop slash back rowers. Yeah. You've got, even at the club now, I mean, like George Griffin, Nathan Massey, um, in terms of players in years gone by, George Lawler. Really, they're somewhere in between, aren't they? They're not yeah. really an out-and-out prop forward. And I think there's an element of we've got that wrong in the past. Yeah. Elliot, I'm hoping Elliot Zakam, he comes over and actually we look at him and go, oh, no, you're a prop. Yeah, <laughs> and hopefully that is the case. I mean, he's certainly got the size for it, so hopefully that is the case. I saw a clip of him um, running with Shabbat Aspar on Instagram the other day. Yeah, he's big. <laughs> he looks pretty. He looks pretty big tight. Boy. So I don't think he's going to be an issue there. And the, the next lab we're talking about certainly won't have an issue in the in the prop forward department. Um, but yeah, I think we need to get away from that a little bit. If you, yeah. if you agree, but I think we've, we've been a little bit lightweight, haven't we? Um, so hopefully these two yeah. lads come in. And Sylvester Nemo is off to the next one. I'm talking about. Just need a bit more beef in there, don't we? Oof. Nemo looks really good, though. Yeah. Again, in that mould of Nixon Putt, where he's dynamic. Got some real big leg drive. He's not the biggest. He's he's not as tall as I thought. No, no he's not the biggest. Um, but he is a big body, big and strong, powerful thing. I he mean, looks... I'd like to see a front row next year, even just for ten minutes of Nemo and Muzzy Mustafa, and to see where we see where we rank in terms of leg drive. Yeah, <laughs> in the Speed. league. I mean, we're not going to be the biggest, and fair enough, they might not be able to compete with like a Luke Thompson, for example, just gone to Wigan in terms of overall meters. But I mean, they're going to have a good go. Oh, <laughs> they're going to have a good definitely. Go. And There's going to be some some effort in that front row. Hundred percent, and they might not make the meters, but they're going to get to play the ball out of you. <laughs> they're going to get some speed in the play of the ball. That's one thing they're going to get on the front. Um, which is which is half the battle sometimes. Um, the thing with Nemo again, obviously, he's coming off an injury. Uh, the yeah. reason he's not, the reason he's not in the PNG squad is presumably because of the injury. It was a it was a hefty knee one, and there's another player we're going to touch on in a minute who's also got a similar similar issue. But you know, we wouldn't have signed them if we didn't have confidence that they could that they, they can participate. Maybe they're not 100 really early on, but you'd like to think by at least March they're well up to speed and. Uh, and contributing. So, um, yeah, I think if we get Nemo anywhere near 100% and he shows a little bit of what he's been showing for the Blackhawks and those and those highlights, mm. um, it's exciting. It's exciting. He's exactly the kind of player that everyone kind of calls out for every year as well. Um, in terms of an exciting, generally a Pacific Islander who's just going to kind of, yeah, bring that leg drive, bring a bit of ferocity and um, he's young as well. He's young. I think he's only 23, 24, isn't he? Yeah. I think he's another one that, if not for the injury, probably would have played NRL this year. Uh, a lot of people giving him big raps in sort of pre-season, was on, a, I believe, a training trial deal with the Cowboys and really was pushing that sort of top 30 squad that they have over in NRL and would have potentially had an outside shot at playing NRL, which, again, it's not a bad thing to get these guys that are really pushing for that NRL spot. No, because the hunt. They're hungry, they want to play, and they want to prove themselves. Mm. And we, we've talked about it before on the podcast. It's great to have those guys that are wanting to come and prove themselves if they want to go over back over to Australia and earn an, a full NRL gig. Yeah. That's it. I mean, obviously, these are forwards, so it's slightly different, but 
I know there's some concern from certain fans that are like, oh, why, why are we fishing in that pond? Why, they're still not quite wrapped their heads around the Queensland Cup, New South Wales Cup thing and the, the feeder team. I, I would, I'll, I'll just bring Adam Kieran and Lack and Lamb to your attention, <laughs> really. That, that's where they were playing over there. They're not bad, are they? <laughs> you know, Lock and Lamb's a sign of... No. Uh, or he's, he's either signed it or he's about to sign a big new deal at Lee. Yeah. Um, well, apparently Canberra might be poaching him, but that, that kind of says it all itself. Adam Kieran's moving to Wigan after a yeah. fantastic year at Catalans. Um, this is where we're fishing now. This is where Super League are fishing. It's as simple mm. as that. And, you know, not being get not able to quite get into a 30-man NRL squad means you might be 31, 32. If anyone watched that grand final on Sunday morning, I mean... Their thirtieth player, you're not you're not turning your <laughs> you're not minding that thirtieth player. Trust me. I mean, I'll give you some raps. Obviously, I did on Twitter, but you mentioned a lad called Tyson Smoothie on episode two as a potential hooker option for us to bring over from that comp. Obviously, we went with Liam Horn, who we're pretty happy with. Tyson Smoothie was a player who played very little NRL at that point. Yeah, was a try assist in the grand final there for Tyson um, Smoothie. Yeah. So came off the bench for Brisbane. Just kind of shows the quality, doesn't he? he was playing in this comp. Yeah. Um, he's able to go in and create a try assist and create a real difference in one of the greatest games of rugby league I've seen. So, yeah, there's some serious talent there. So I'm not worried at all about about this kind of this kind of competition and why not grab some players from it. Um, moving on then to the English lads, we've covered off the overseas signings. Uh, we'll go chronologically in terms of how they were announced. So Josh Hodson next. Um, it is someone again we mentioned back in June. We didn't actually have any rumors on this one really. We just I mean, you just kind of came up with it, didn't you, in the sense that it kind of made sense? Yeah, we're uh, kind of connecting the dots almost. Um, yeah. he, I know we know we were and heard thing, great things about him, obviously, in, in the championship playing at Batley. Yeah. Um, we didn't have Lingard, obviously, in post at that point. Uh, maybe I knew, maybe I had an inkling that that was coming. I'm not too sure. Um, <laughs> me and my uh, fortune-telling side. Um, but no, he... he He's a little bit older than maybe some people will think. I believe he's 26. Yeah, um, 25, 26. Yeah. So he's maybe a little bit older than what people might think, but he's obviously got a rugby union background, came through uh, and first started playing rugby league at London. He's, from, them, he's from down south, isn't he? From he's down not, south. He's, yeah, he's not, he's not northerner. No, no he sat, I believe he started at London before coming up to Batley, uh, where Lingard kind of got hold of him and moulded him into quite a, a, a good, solid, big-bodied I'm saying big-bodied a lot, but that's kind of what the uh, de- uh, demographic of the players were signing is. He's, he's yeah. I believe he's six two, six three. That's what that's what struck me about him in the pictures and the highlights. He's I mean, yeah. I saw him a little bit. I saw him in the eighty nine five final as well. Yeah, and uh, I've seen him a couple of times. He's big. He's tall. Big. Very very tall. And it's an approach that can work. You know, what I mean, we've seen it from teams elsewhere in the comp as well. I think you want that. Nowadays, especially, you need that athleticism. You really need something a little bit extra in the backs, in, yeah. in the centre, in the wing position. You need something a little bit extra. I think at pound for pound, maybe the best centre in the comp this year is Jake Wardle. Mm. Uh, Wouldn't argue. He's got that. He, he's quick. He's got the power. He's got a little bit of height to him as well. I think you can almost look at Josh Hodgson. He's probably a little bit taller, actually. But he's. Mm. I'm not saying he's Jake Wardle's level. Don't get me wrong, because he's an England centre for me. But... That kind of mould, really, and yeah. that kind of physicality, kind of um, those attributes that you need. And we've signed another, I think, who's very similar, to be honest, uh, in Sam Wood. Uh, I think yeah. you've signed another very tall player 
um, but has got has got has got the the motor to match and um, knows his way to try line as well. They both know the way to the try line. Yeah. I like Hudson a lot as a signing. Like I say, the Lingard connections there. Um, he wouldn't be saying um, he's up to it if he wasn't up to it. Um, and it'd be pretty cheap as well. If, if we're being honest, he won't, he won't be asking for an awful lot. Although the rumour was we'd beat off quite a few clubs to his signing. I believe that's true. Yeah, uh, we've heard that. Uh, I've heard that as well. I, th- I think it was as many as five different teams were in for him. That was the talk a few months ago. Yeah. So it's it's quite a coup to get him. To be able to secure his signature, maybe we've had a little bit of an inside track with Lingard. But yeah, who cares? We've we've managed to sign him, and clearly there was other interest in and around Super League for this player. So it shows the quality that he does have. Yeah, because I, I mean, every other team that probably was interested in him finished above us this year. Yeah. Maybe one that maybe one that finished below us. I'm sure Wakefield will have been poaching around him as well, being a local side as well. I feel like I'm feeling quite excited and optimistic about this revamp that we've got going on in us three quarters. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these signings, I saw somebody make a comment of it that it looked like we were going heavy on redeveloping and revamping our three quarters and maybe not as much as forwards, but it's like you can't do both Um, in the positions we're in. I mean, we have brought in. I think you'd argue we have, though. Or we're certainly trying to. I mean, we talked about the overseas lads to start with who were all forwards. And then. Very true. And we're going English backs. I think, look, it's it's not. We've said this before. It's not all going to happen in one transfer, is it? We're not going to be able to do it. It's like I say, it's. uh, People are going to be sick of me saying three year cycle and all that kind of stuff, but it is. It is. Um, That's just a fact. And. Not all the not all of these lads are going to hit either. I, you know, I think we've we said we've signed seven or eight players, um, and potentially a few more to come. They're not all going to be world beaters. Uh, we've got to be prepared for that. In the same way as we've said that Horn, Tassipala, and Sakrikas came in, Billy probably wasn't quite up to it. The other two yeah. were. When you when you're signing players like this, they're not all going to be here in four or five years' time. You know, and that that's okay, and that's fine because you. We talked about uh, just for the podcast, didn't we? In terms of the the deals they're on as well. Yeah, all of them bar one are on two year deals, mm-hmm. which we think is smart, don't we? I, I think extreme either way. Because I think, as you correctly said before the pod, if they're not up to it, it gives you an out in two years time, obviously. And obviously, the deal they're on at the minute won't be huge money. But at the same time, the kind of last half full approach of that is you can view these deals as kind of. They're two contract signings, which is the way I'd put it. Rather than signing a player who's maybe at his peak right now, uh, 27, 28, and giving him a three-year deal, that's prom- That's probably the only contract you're going to give him. Uh, and that is what it is. But it's going to be quite big money. And you're really banking on them kind of hitting that peak, mm-hmm. uh, playing to that level at 27, 28. What we're doing is signing players more around the kind of 23, 24, 25 age bracket giving them a two-year deal to almost prove themselves in, in a sense. A little bit less money, meaning we've got more money to spare, ultimately, as a club. Um, and the ones that do prove themselves, they can get that second deal and then they can boost that money up to where it would be or where it should be, frankly, for that other two years. And then they'll be by kind of 29, 30, maybe they want another deal then. That's when you make your call. They either go or the ones that you can't afford to let go if they're a in the mould of a Westerman, for example, obviously you keep them on. But when the 30 and they're out of contract, you go, well, that's probably about right. You've hit your peak. There you go. And we'd be a little bit more ruthless with it. it works for me. It, it, it works as an approach salary cap-wise. 
it gives us a little bit more flexibility when we're looking to re- renew these contracts as well. Because obviously, yeah, of if we sign them for 12 months deals, well, you can start negotiating with other clubs from, I believe it's May. Yeah, uh, 12 month deals are ludicrous, aren't they? <laughs> with, with how rugby league works, it's, it's insane. So, by the time, if you start extremely hot, by Easter time, you've got three or four different clubs banging on your door. You Adam, Kier- it- Adam Kieran would be an example, wouldn't he? Exactly. I, I don't know what deal he was on, and maybe there's a little bit of money changing that. No, no, he was. He was a free agent, wasn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, he literally, within eight games, he already yeah. he was already looking elsewhere. Exactly. So these two-year deals gives us an option that next off-season, if we sit down and look at, say, two or three of these boys that have absolutely stormed the league and have turned us around and put some really good performances in, we can sit next off-season before they even are able to talk to other clubs and re-sign them and get them another two years tacked on to end of that deal. I think from a logist from a logical point of view, the way the way these deals are structured makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. it makes it makes a lot of sense. And we'll talk about Josh Simon Cooley in a sec as well. Um the one caveat to that, there is one three year deal, uh, which is Sam Wood, but it's probably mm. the one I'm most okay with, to be fair. Uh, my gut feeling is we probably wanted to give him a two year deal, particularly coming off the knee injury. Mm. But he is probably the player out of all these that had the most attention. Um or it, with like realistic contracts Josh Hodgson we said had quite a few yeah. but I think it was rumoured pretty heavily early on the Hull FC really wanted Sam Wood I think yeah. he's a, a favourite of Tony Smith uh, obviously he had him over there I, I reckon the, th- the extra year on that deal was probably just to sway it in our favour I think I would imagine maybe both us and Hull FC offered a two year deal for example and we just went well we can offer you an extra year if you come over here which you know, it's one of those things you probably don't love it in the sense it kind of goes against what we've just said and you kind of fall into all traps. But yeah. if you're going to do it with any of these players, you're only doing it once out of a whole cohort of players, which is good. And to be honest, from what I've heard from whole KR fans in the last few days, I'm pretty happy with it because they all absolutely love him, don't they? Yeah, they absolutely love him. This is the thing. They, they were commenting saying they were sad to see him go, which is yeah. always a good sign. But when you sign a player, if the the team that he's leaving, are, uh, the, their fans are gutted that they're going. You know you've got a decent player at the very least. This is one they're just confused. They let go essentially, and yeah. not well. I say confused. Obviously, they have. They're in. <laughs> they're in a situational car now, aren't they? Where they kind of they're getting towards that summit. They might not be quite there. Maybe next year, once they've brought all the proper new signings in, with the yeah. and all that kind of playoffs, the signing now levels and a few others. Um. Next year is probably their year where they're thinking, right, we can really compete now. We can have a real go. This might be a little bit of a bonus year if they can, if they can sneak into the grand final. But yeah, they've got a lot of options there. And there's another player who we're going to talk about in a sec who's not been announced, who we can kind of throw into this category as well. But Sam Wood's not a reject by any means. He's no. just, for the sake of his career, I think he's 25, 26. I think he's 25. Mm-hmm. Um it makes sense. It just makes sense for him to get, because he's good enough to get a starting centre spot somewhere Absolutely. else. Um, and thankfully, he, he's chosen us as, a, as somewhere to get that. Um, speaking of starting centre spots, as I say, Sam Wood's clearly someone who's going to want it. Yeah. Um, if anyone's listened to the Tiger Talk podcast, Josh Sims certainly wants it. <laughs> Definitely. Well, which I love to hear. I really, really love to hear. We liked the idea of Josh Sim way back. Yeah. Um, probably more unproven and raw than any of them. Really, um, played. He's played twenty plus Super League games to be fair, and twenty mm-hmm. plus down under. He's got a hat full of tries in that time. 
Uh, obviously, I, I had a really good kind of youth career as well. Uh, I've, I've spoke a few times about how impressed I was in the academy with him. Um, famously scored a hat-trick as well uh, very early on for St. Helens. I think it was in the playoffs. It was very late on in the year um, against Leeds, I think. Um, always had a lot of talent. Spoke yeah. extremely well on that podcast. Spoke, it was only seven minutes, but I mean, that is a an excited kid who wants to come over and really make an impact uh, is the vibe I got from that. And he made the comment of wanting to be the best centre in the league. So, I mean, yeah. talk about ambition. He claims. Let's see if uh, he can back it up. And I'm sure every cast fan will be certainly hoping that he, he goes and does it. Um, but definitely a guy that's got a uggings of talent. Always has done coming through the system in, at St. Helens. Um, obviously has played some games with them. Obviously had some time on loan at Hull FC. I believe he were at, on loan at Lee as well at, at some point. Yep. But he's exciting. And it's it's one of the great signings that I think we'll have and shows kind of the pulling power that we still do have, especially for these English guys. Um, the, fact he's, the fact he said he had offers in the Queensland Cup as well and he yeah. could have stayed over there would be your yeah. fan. Yeah. He's, he's got the ability to come here and prove himself at a team like Cass and show that he's got the talent to be an, a, a great English centre. And we give him the opportunity to pretty much start straight away. Yeah. can walk into that team, I think. Well, that's that's interesting. I'm not so sure now, to be fair. Actually, but, yeah. But, Thinking but, about the signings we've got. Yeah, that, to be honest, that was going to be my next point, but it's such yeah. a good thing, uh, I think. I mean, when you think when we went into this year and really in the centres, I mean, there was Jake Mamo there, obviously. Yeah. He was there. Um, Jake Mamo there before he retired. Um, but Jordan Turner. Yeah. Mahi Fanua. Mm-hmm. Am I forgetting? <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, I mean, there's, there's names knocking. And obviously, uh, Jackie Broadbent. Broadbent. We've barely seen him. We, we'd only yeah. seen him playing at halfback in yeah. um, warm-up games. Um, so he wasn't really considered a starting centre spot. You look at that compared to presuming that Broadbent gets, like, the four shirt or the three shirt, yeah. which I think he deserves. Definitely. Uh, most people would say Jack Broadbent deserves the three shirt. I think we can stop the fullback talk based on the next time we're going to talk about. Yeah. Really, you've got Josh Sim, Josh Hodson, and Sam Wood potentially fighting over one one shirt, which is great. Potent, potentially Tassi Parley. And Tassi Parley. You throw a Will Tate in there. There's so, other names. There's five, six players all kind of competing for one spot. Yeah. We're looking a lot stronger than we did last year. We've not had it so long, especially in the centre positions. We've not had that for years. Since, since I think, I believe Webbo left, I think there's been a lot of an out, a big outcry for at least one centre, and then especially when Shenton let, Shenton retired. We never replaced him. We've never replaced probably either of them properly. No. no. This is the best opportunity we've got to replace them at centre, and if they can have a real kind of battle in pre-season between themselves and throughout the season for that centre spot, leave it an open competition for me. That's absolutely fine. I'm speaking like a proper NFL fan, but yeah. keep, it like, keep it an open competition for that spot. And if, say, Sam Wood is, you know, if he kind of pulls clear and he's clearly the best option at centre, but he's dragged Hodson and Sim along with him and then Sim's absolutely training the house down as well. Yeah. And Elliot Wallace saw Jason Gary Gary have a bad game, put him on the wing because he can score tries. You know, yeah. that that's the thing. There's a bit of utility value with certainly Sim and Wood. They can both play on the wing. I'm not so sure about Hodson, but I'm sure he'd have a go. Uh, I just don't know whether he's actually played there himself. Um, I think he's more of an out-and-out centre, I think. Yeah, I but believe so. Sim, Sim and Wood have certainly played a lot of minutes on the wing as well. 
Um, so it's nice to have those options because that, that's the other thing. Obviously, currently we're pretty much Wallace and Gary Gary in terms of in terms of wingers. You can't trust. I mean, not trust. Trust the wrong word. You can't expect them to be playing 20, 25 games each, really, at that stage of their career. They're going to play more games than they did this year, but that's a big ask uh, to make them. If we give them the two and five, fair enough, they deserve it after performances last year, but yeah. it's a big ask for them to do the whole season. So I do think we'll see plenty of Sam Ward, Josh Sim potentially in there, maybe maybe Robin at times if we want to shift him out to the wing as well. But it's nice to have those options in it because we've not really had those options previously. No, it's, it's nice to have the dilemma of who to play especially going into the season it'll be a question of who gets the almost all the backline shirts really because it's not definite that Broadbent will get three or four we could still have that argument of whether he plays fullback or is at least given the one shirt is he given a hat one of the shirts in the hat the biggest question for me is what do we do with Jack Broadbent Um, it is it I is, think but... we've come down to him being a centre. I think so. I, but I, I, I want to see him left there. Mm, Stop yeah. this bouncing him around. Let him well, become an out-and-out centre with a little bit of utility value if we desperately need him. Well, that brings on to the next sign, doesn't it? Absolutely. Then, which is Luke Hawley, obviously, who's coming from Leeds, who is, I mean, I think it, they literally said it in the statement, he is an out-and-out fullback. Uh, we've signed an out-and-out fullback. He's at least got the full trust of the assistant coach, <laughs> very minimum to play there. As things stand, Gareth Woodup's still at the club. He's still got another year yeah. on his deal as well. So, I mean, it was a rumour doing the rounds. Nothing's been said about it. Nothing's been reported. So, as far as we're concerned, Gareth Woodup is a Castle Tigers player next year. So, there is comp- probably your your option. Yeah. Um. It, it, it'd be, it sounds rough, but it'd almost be a shame if if we get to the squad announcement and like Widdup's in the one. Um, yeah, it would be. Because it would mean that Luke Hall is not beating him out in pre-season. Yeah. And really, to that one shirt. Again, open competition, but it would be. You'd want Luke Hall to train the house down and really grab that one shirt, wouldn't you? And for him, coming from a situation where he's not played that many minutes, being behind a couple of guys in, in that Leeds dressing room, to then have to play second fiddle again to a more experienced ageing player it'd be a bit of a disappointment I'm sure for him as well yeah but it's up to him isn't it it is absolutely he's got to come come in and prove it I don't think anything's a given anymore especially it definitely shouldn't be not in this team where we've got so many question marks and so much to Mm. prove especially going into 2024 these guys need to be really coming and battling in training every day which is what I think is starting to work. And I think yeah. you said before the pod that we probably need a few more than what's been announced. And I would agree with that. And we'll talk about that in a sec. But the makeup of the squad in terms of certain positions, you are starting to see that little bit of depth for you. It's a little bit um, where you could have, all right, say Hawley does train well, gets the one shirt, but you've got Wood up there. In, would Wood be happy to play second fiddle? I don't know. I really don't know where Gareth Wood's mindset is right now, to be honest. Would he be happy to just kind of see out the deal and be used when needed. I, I really don't know. At this point, we'd have, we'd have to ask Gareth, but at least you've got that option there. And again, you can put Robin in there. As we said, there's now kind of options at both centre and wing. Yep. Um, and halfback, which is the other one, which obviously we've, we've gone through the kind of signings that have been announced so far. We do have to discuss the rumour that's doing Absolutely. the rounds, which we're really excited about, actually. 
the big talking point, obviously, is going to be halfback then, because we've kind of covered almost every other position on the field already, uh, bar halfback. Obviously, and again, touch wood, the knees are good. He can have a full pre-season. He can do well. Danny Richardson goes in and retakes that seven shirt. That would be excellent. I still think it's potentially Jacob Miller who starts at halfback next year. I think whoever the coach is, they've got to give him a go. They've got to give him the preseason. And like I think we said last week, he he doesn't want to end his career on that on that season. Surely, no, I mean, absolutely not. And it would essentially end his career wherever he goes. I mean, it'd be. I don't know what club would want to pick him up or would be able to pick him up. So, surely as a professional, you know, he knows he's had a bad year. Surely he's a professional bloke, regardless of what happened. Um, he'll want to improve his game this year. Hopefully he can. Hopefully with a kicking game alongside him and Danny Richardson, he can do that. Um, so I think I do think he starts the year at halfback with, you know, uh, assuming the coach is on board with that. But in terms of depth, as we mentioned, there is no depth currently below that. No. That would up unless we sign Rowan Milnes in a two-year deal, which is apparently which is apparently what we're doing from Hulk KR. And I do have confirmation from um, the main man himself, Matthew Shaw, that it is not uh, dependent on the Maguire deal. We've been looking at Rowan Milnes much, much longer than yeah. we were looking at Danny Maguire. So just because you've heard Danny Maguire isn't taking the job, it made sense, don't get me wrong, that he'd bring a half-back with him. Of course it would. But that's not the case. The Rome Mills deal is completely separate and could still happen regardless of that. You're excited about this, aren't you? Extremely excited. Absolutely. I believe, um, I don't think we can really share what I said when you initially sent me the message saying that we were look- you'd heard that we were looking at him. Um, um, we now know a seven-year-old's listening. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely not. We are. I am extremely excited. Um, you look at the situation that he's in at OKR, it's not, it's a... a a stacked halfback dressing room. And he has been looking to sort of get a little bit more game time. He came from Bradford where he was a highly rated youngster. They signed they signed a bunch of players from Bradford a few years ago, and I believe he was the kind of top youngster that they wanted and managed to get. They obviously mm-hmm. brought in like Ethan Ryan, Elliot Minchella, who were a little bit older and a little had played a little bit more, but Rome Milnes was kind of the gem, I believe, in that in that deal. And he's when he has played, I believe he's played brilliantly whenever I've watched him. And he's a real potentially potential star in this league. In this league, never mind just in this team, in this league. Um I think he's just gonna be absolutely amazing. Essentially, yeah. I mean I think that's the thing, he's twenty four years old. Um probably not played as many Super League minutes as he would have liked. Like I no. say, because he's, had, he's been behind those players at OKR, as we said, Mikey Lewis, Jordan Abdom. I mean, Jordan Abdom was a Man of Steel contender a year ago, wasn't he? Yeah. And obviously, Mikey Lewis is Mikey Lewis. It's going to be the same kind of thing. And Brad Schneider's come in and been absolutely unbelievable since he's joined on loan. Yeah, so you feel for him, really. But also, yeah. we, look, we look at the stats earlier. He's played 11 games this year. Uh, there were seven try assists in there. He kicks goals as well. Um, you know, I think we, we don't want to you know, dwell on Miller too much and kick him while he's down but obviously 7 try assist and 11 is a fair better ratio than, than what Jacob Miller has put on the field this year so that's you know it's a warning sign to him isn't it if we do Absolutely. bring him in that as I say I do think we should start Miller and I think Miller should get the chance to prove yeah. himself uh, absolutely but with all due respect if it gets to kind of 3-4 weeks in and he's not showing it and he's hitting the same kind of form as he was last year there's a ready-made replacement in there, which is no bad thing because that's what we really haven't had this year. And yeah, I mean, the prospect of a 24-year-old Milnes and a fully fit Danny Richardson getting that kind of English partnership going, 
potentially exciting. Two very, very good kicking games. Um, he kicks goals well, Rowan Milnes. Uh, not that you probably need it with Danny Richards on the field, yeah. to be fair. Uh, they're both as good as it... Well, I think Danny Richards is probably as good as it gets, to be fair. Um, it's exciting. It, it, it would be the most exciting signing we've made. Yeah. Uh, for sure. For context, it's been heavily rumoured all year that Lee Ryan was wanted him. Mm-hmm. Um, that deal's obviously not not materialised, and obviously they've heard whispers that Salford aren't quite being honest with their financial situation, and therefore that Brodie Croft deal was a little bit of a fallacy. Um, so I do suspect Brody Croft will become a lead rhino in the next few days. Yeah. Um, three hundred grand is a lot of money though mm-hmm. uh, for a transfer fee. Um, but he's clearly very good. It does mean they're not interested in Milnes anymore. I'm happy with that. He fits. Yeah. He fits the kind of mold we want. I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure Wilson might have said it on the podcast. Or if I'm paraphrasing, but is that kind of England Knights kind of player? Yeah, he is. Attract? We might not be able to attract an England player right now, but we can potentially attract an England Knights player. And he fits that bill perfectly for me. He's exactly that kind of player that you England Knights would want in that kind of squad. Is that that kind of emerging England talent? He's that level for me. It'd be a huge signing. Be an absolutely huge signing. And the whispers are, are right in the sense. I mean, I think it was John Davidson the other day even reported like the length of the deal being two years. Yeah. If we're, if we're to the point where we're reporting lengths of deal, there's clearly conversations at least have, have gone on. Yeah. Yeah. Surely. So having that depth there. Being able to bring in Milnes, all of a sudden I'm looking at this squad and I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty excited about the direction of it. And like, like we've said multiple times, we'll say many, many times before February as well, it's not going to be pretty some of these games this year. We're not going to be up there. We're not going to be a top four team. But we're probably going to win. I like to think if these lads all kick it off, all hit off, like I think we can. Like I think we can. There's games we'll win, which we wouldn't have won this year. First and foremost, I think it's a much better squad than this year. Uh, in the makeup of it, mm. and they're gonna, just the effort and motivation we talked about so so much, they're going to have that where we probably lacked this year, which is which is really really important. But yeah, Milnes would be a great signing. The other one which was mentioned this week, which I don't think will happen now, whether it was ever going to happen, but I think it was just kind of uh, just one that just kind of made sense to some people because he was made available was Reese Kennedy at Hulk Um the prop forward. I think he's done a year there, kind of improved over the year. Didn't start particularly well. By the end of it, KR fans are pretty happy. Um, yeah. I, I, this feels like one that was dependent on Maguire to me. Uh, and obviously it would require the, the quote spot to go. So I'm not sure on this one, to be honest. Yeah, nothing against uh, Rhys Kennedy, but we're still trying to get rid of, I believe, the last prop we signed from OKR. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, so nothing against him. I'm sure he's, he's looked talented when I, when I have seen him play. But we still need to, to sort out the Albert Vette situation, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would feel like, unless he proved himself in a big way, it would look, feel like like for like, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Which might be a little bit disrespectful, but it, yeah, that's what it would look like at the time. So yeah, I don't think giving a 28-year-old proper big contract at this point is probably the route. It doesn't doesn't make sense of what we're doing. I think it was one of those that just got thrown around, particularly in KR circles, because yeah. we available. Obviously, they're bringing in uh, Jai Whitbread, aren't they? Um, so he moved out for that quota spot. So he's one of those players that's available, but maybe we do, but again, uh, it doesn't really make sense. Um, last thing then would be the existing re-signings, which we assume have been done, just not announced yet. Um, at the moment, they might be the only re-signings, that might be the only announcements that are kind of done and dusted at this point because we don't know if mm. it's fully done, although we suspect it might be. Um, so 
I think I'm right in saying that would be Moise Mustafa, Elliot Wallace, George Lawler. I think we're under the... Um, I think we agree, as we said last week, all yeah. three of those will get done. Yeah. I I believe, or we we believe, obviously, from our standpoint, um, that they probably will be done and, and almost announced, uh, ready to be announced. I'm sure those will be the ones that maybe go out of the weekend. Yeah, I think so. And... Um... What's he basically said? Mustafa staying anyway, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> His statement, if we're being honest. Yeah. <laughs> he did name check, was he? Mustafa is one of those players he's going to bring through next year or help to bring through. So, yeah. thankfully, I think Muzzy's got his <laughs> got his deal. <laughs> uh, I think he earned that in last, um, the last few games. Wallace goes without saying. Uh, and George Lawler was probably the question mark in a sense, but I think as we've said a few times with him and uh, even players like George Griffin who do over a year, although they've probably not performed at the level they want to perform last year, the quite difficult to replace in this market, are they? Yeah, extremely. There's not a hell of a lot of talented English options, especially in that sort of front row or back row um, that haven't already been snap, snatched up and kind of got deals for next year. It's 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 a very thick... And even before the kind of players start, start signing deals, the market was a little bit thin this year, I believe, yeah. um, especially front row was almost non-existent. That brings me to my kind of final point on players before we just touch on one final thing before we leave. Um, just to address something with that we're seeing all the time on social media at the minute. Who's signing these players? Why are we signing these players without a coach? Da, 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 da. I take the point yeah. in the sense that in an ideal world, yes, the head coach at the time has an absolute say in the players that are coming in, 100% but we don't have a head coach currently and it's not an ideal world. I think people need to wrap their heads around that. (laughs) And also there's a very logical point of view in the sense that, as we mentioned earlier, and as Danny Wilson literally said on the podcast, most of these deals were done right at the start of this year. And that's when you have to do these deals, because if you leave it to even July, August, they've gone, they've already signed for, they've already signed for teams for next year. They've already got pre-contract agreements in place. So you are left with what is left now. I mean, realistically, there's people saying when Danny Maguire was going to be the coach for three days. I saw a comment saying, well, Danny Maguire should be signing his players for next year. I'm like, who? Who is available? <laughs> who is available? The thing. There is there is very, very few players available. Um, you wouldn't be signing Nixon Putts and Sylvester Namos, that's for sure. Because they'd even if they were staying at their clubs, they'd have contracts for next year done already. Yeah. Because obviously, I mean, wouldn't you put yourself in a rugby league player's shoes? If you had a six months left in your deal, you'd want to get that next one sorted. Yeah. Of course you would. You want security. So, yeah, just to kind of, I've seen it so many times. I understand not everyone is, you know, some people just want to go to a game on a Friday night and that's it and not really think about it too more deeply than that. And I get that. I get that we think of it pretty deeply and we're quite ingrained in it now. Don't get me wrong. But, even if it's just a little bit of education for you there, like you can't just leave it to this time of year and just sign eight players because they're just not there or they might be, but they'll be playing amateur down the road. Mm. They're not of the standard. Um, They're really not. And yes, it is Danny Wilson, the director of rugby who's making the decisions. And he's had flack this week, even though people have been otherwise excited by the signings, which is bizarre. I mean, the fact that, I mean, this current situation, as I said, it's far from ideal. Don't be wrong. It's not good that we haven't got a head coach at this point, but, probably in an ideal world, Danny Ward would have accepted on the Saturday and we would have had a head coach from the club's perspective. This situation, this scenario is exactly why a director of rugby works. 
yeah. whether you like it or not. Because if we didn't have a director of rugby in place, maybe we would be in a situation where we didn't have these players signed up. Then you'd be scrambling. And then you'd be worried about your squad next year in a big, big way. I think people need to get their heads around that. This just isn't an ideal scenario. You know, it isn't great that you've got your coach list in October. Don't get me wrong. But the fact we've had a director of rugby in place earlier in the year, we've managed to do our recruitment in spite of the coaching situation, which is good, uh, which is ultimately good. And are they all going to be perfect? Will there be some duds? Potentially. But it's better than getting guaranteed duds or absolute nothing out of your recruitment. Uh, at least there's some potential here and a few that might come through. So, yeah, how about that? <laughs> that was my rant, anyway. That was my rant. Had to get it out there. Yes, very much needed, though, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Um, okay, final point, then. Oh, hang on, hang on. What have you sent me? What, Adam sent me something on the podcast here, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing interesting. I don't think it's anything we can cover, but... No, nah, we'll leave that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave that for now. We'll leave that for now. Maybe next week, if it yeah. happens. Um, that's absolutely fine. Um, don't worry, listener, you've not missed out on anything too no. important. Um, final point then, I just wanted to call this out because obviously it has been discussed a little bit on the forums and etc. And um, Adam's just took a seat back. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't want to get involved in this and I completely understand why, <laughs> to be honest. Um, that environment agency letter, uh, which went around on Facebook yesterday, um, in typical cast style, by the way, only like the first page and a half was on the initial post I saw, um, which cut off half the letter, which isn't ideal because the, the other half of the letter was a little bit more promising. But it's a very cast thing, isn't it? Um, I'm sure many of you have seen it. Uh, it was a recommendation from the Environment Agency to Wakefield Council to basically reject the stadium proposal. It's the fourth time they've done it. Uh, it's not the first letter, it's the fourth time. It's due to some kind of flood risk uh, at the ground. Because, yes, because it's next to a river and it's low down. I mean, probably not rocket science there. Everyone knows that. As far as I'm aware, and I'm not an expert on any of this. Um, I'm not a builder. I'm not an architect. I'm not a developer. Um, so I can only go into what I know, which is very little. Um, I'm sure many of you listen know a lot more about this than I do. But clearly there is a problem, quote unquote, with that land, with it being so low. And there is a fix for it. It's just incredibly expensive. Um, and it's just not probably within the realm of what we can do because you basically have to rip up the foundations and build them again. I, I would assume you basically have to rebuild the whole ground and probably all the area around it. Um, naturally, that's not going to happen. What's crucial with this environment agency thing is the council can ignore it. This is not an absolute given. This is not the environment agency saying, right, we've said you can't do it, so you're not doing it. The council ultimately, you know, they take recommendations from various places, but it's ultimately the council's decision. And if the positives kind of outweigh the negatives, and I think with this development, because obviously it would create 2,000 jobs up at Glass Outen and all that kind of stuff, and clearly a massive net positive for the club and the town generally, the positives still very much outweigh the negatives in this case. And it, it kind of strikes me as the environment agency, maybe in cahoots with the council a little bit, to be fair, just trying to get a little bit more cash out of Axiom, I think, and just kind of seeing how far the, the um, Axiom themselves will go in terms of kind of updating our proposal, updating the planning permissions, because if they can get an external company, essentially, to build some flood defences or make that area of the town a little bit more resistant against floods, 
then of course they're going to try and do that, aren't they? Because obviously Axiom don't really have any le- uh, leverage in this because obviously they can't build the, the warehouses until they build the ground. So there's no real leverage for Axiom. So I understand why the Environment Agency and potentially the council as well are just trying to nudge a little bit and trying to get a little bit extra cash out of Axiom at this point. But I don't think it's an absolute cert that this this kills the project by any means. Um, Axiom was spoken to by Matt Shaw today. They seem pretty nonplussed by it, to be honest. They said there's still developments in progress. Uh, they're making changes. They still reckon it's going to be ready. Um ready for the actual decision very, very soon. That's what they've said. And I think the fair point, which I saw by someone said on Facebook is, I mean, there was a pretty big housing project built on Lot Lane 15, 20 years ago, and they didn't stop that, did they? <laughs> and it's the very same level um, in terms of the flood risk. Um, but it created a massive positive for the for the town and obviously created a lot of housing development there. I mean, I don't see how the council can look at that and turn the project down. Uh, I don't think they can. I think they're just trying to get a little bit extra cash uh, out of Axiom themselves to just kind of see what they will will, will be willing to do. Um, and there'll be a point where they'll go, okay, that's what they're willing to do. Let's move on. I still think it happens. Maybe not soon, don't get me wrong. And that's, that's the big thing. It's the time thing. And maybe we do have to look at plan B a little bit beforehand, uh, as Matt Grant alluded to. But I think ultimately it will happen because I don't really see how they can turn it down. But... Yeah, it might just take a little bit extra time, which is frustrating, but I guess that's just planning developments. Um, how did I do, Adam? I've got no idea what I'm talking about, but I tried. No, I've been great. I uh, <laughs> listened listen to every single word you said. No, it covered it, covered it great, and um, I think it kind of gives a bit more understanding and a bit more explanation to what otherwise is just a jargon-filled letter that can easily confuse anybody which it did me i'll be honest yeah but uh, it's that crucial thing isn't it this is not just the end you know i mean oh, i think oh. it's, so, it's so easy on social media as well you, you see i've seen it today well like, especially from rival fans as well which we don't care about as much but yeah. they see you know a series about rugby league article or a, even a league express article or whatever saying oh they've got this environment agency thing and they go oh same old cast and that's it and it's dead and then another project bites the dust it's not that it's not that it's a lot more uh, it's a lot more granular than that. It's just part of the process. It's not the environment agency cannot just say this isn't happened. Um, they can only recommend, and as I say, the council can choose to ignore that recommendation if the positives of this project outweigh the negatives. And I think everyone knows they certainly do. Um, so yeah, just to clear that up a little bit, or as at least as much as I could do. And if there's anyone who's an actual expert on this, please do let me know <laughs> because I'd like to hear where I've gone wrong there and. Uh, um, I'd genuinely be interested to see um, if there's anything I've really missed and whether we do have to be more worried than I think or, or the latter. Um, I think that's about it. We've covered a lot. We've definitely gone way over an hour. We tried. Yeah, I was just thinking that myself. We've, we've gone way over an hour. I mean, ugh, typical. No, it's, it, I mean, it's been a big week. It's been a big week, to be fair. Been a lot. A lot to cover. A lot to cover. Um, this is Friday night as we're recording this. I'm about to go down and watch the semi-final. So excited for that. Um, so you should be listening to this Saturday morning, I think. So enjoy your weekend. Um, I believe the weather's going to be good. So enjoy it. Um, hopefully next time we speak to you, we have all the announcements done, including maybe a coach. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. We'll see you later on. Coif.